Hey, good morning. Let's open our Bibles to Jude, the book of Jude. We have just a couple more lessons in the book of Jude. Next week we have Palm Sunday, and after that, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. So, you guys doing okay today? It's warm. Really nice. Yesterday was a little bit chilly, but today is beautiful. I think spring is here. I think we can put the snow blowers away. Man, what a reaction. Whew. Just forget I said that. Yeah. We've been talking the last three weeks uh, really about keeping ourselves in the love of God. And, you know, that's really uh, the, the point kind of of the whole letter, really, is to keep ourselves in the love of God, to, to attend to it and to guard it, to know it, to rely on it, to live in it, to be rooted, established in it. And, you know, how do we do that? We do it through the Word through the scripture, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Uh, we saw last time, last two weeks really, the, the three things that Jude brings up here in this, in this uh, letter was, number one, to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. So this building process that keeps us in the love of God, and, 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 and Paul talks about using good materials. Don't use cheap materials, because you know what happens if you use cheap materials in the building process, you, you know, you hear it too often where, you know, the build this building crashes down or whatever, and then they go and look and they find that they used substandard materials. So building in our lives, we've got to use good materials in 1 Corinthians 3. Praying in the Holy Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then, and then thirdly, looking and waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us to eternal life. Looking for his return, that blessed hope that we have. That, these are the things that kind of keep us in the center of the love of God. And it's, it's important. It's for you and I. It's our responsibility. It's not someone else's. It's not your pastor. It's not, you know, your husband, your wife, your kids. It's not somebody else that, that's going to do that for you. Take responsibility for yourself. However, today what I want to talk about, and it kind of jumps from, from that thought to this thought, is my brother's keeper. Am I my brother's keeper? You've heard that phrase before, right? And I think the answer is yes, that we need to look out for one another. Yeah, keep yourselves in the love of God and, and take responsibility for yourself, but we also need to look out for one another. Especially, I think, in these uncertain times with all the stuff that's going on, all the false teachers, all the false teaching. He says in the beginning of this letter, contend for the faith, and we need to fight. Truth matters. And we need to fight for one another. I want to take you back before we see what Jude says, though. I want to take you back to Genesis chapter 4. If you'll turn there with me, you can probably find that book pretty easy. 
I'm thinking. We, we kind of we kind of joke about that and laugh about that, but the truth of the matter is is that it takes a little bit of work to know where the books are in the Bible. Unless you only use your phone, then you just punch it in anyways, and you don't have to know where anything is. It just goes right there for you. But, you know, I had to, I had to work at it. I had to, to, to memorize the books of the Bible. I had to work at it. Now, I know Matthew sings the song. You want to sing it for us? Got you. You know, there's a song to help you learn it, but, but I think it's important we know where the books are, you know. I was talking with a pastor friend the other day, and he said, you know, he, he would say, turn to this book, and, and nobody knew where it was. And that's, that's uh, you know, kind of our society. Uh, you know, we, we were biblically, you know, we had some kind of foundation, but now we've kind of wandered away from that. Anyways, I'll get to more of that in a minute. But let's look at Genesis chapter 4. Uh, Cain and Abel, this is where that phrase comes from, am I my brother's keeper? Let's, let's jump down to verse 6, though, because Cain and Abel, they both, they both brought you know, offerings to the Lord, and it says the Lord looked with favor on Abel, but on Cain he didn't. And Cain got angry. His face was downcast. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain killed his brother Abel, or excuse me, attacked his brother Abel and killed him. These are the first two brothers on the planet. I mean, serious. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied, am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. What a radical story. And, and again, if you had never read Genesis, you wouldn't have known that story and what happened there. But obviously, you know, this man is consumed with who? Himself. He could care less. He kills his brother. He could care less about his brother. He was, he was jealous. He was angry. And he just killed him. But Jude is telling us here something very, very different. Let's, let's read the verses. Verses 22 and 23 we're going to look at today. Jude says, Be merciful to those who doubt. Now, he's been saying, Keep yourselves in the love of God. But verse 22 says, Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So build yourself up, yes. Pray in the Holy Spirit, yes. You know, look for the mercy uh, of our Lord Jesus. Keep yourselves in God's love, yes, but what about the people around you? What about those people that you know? Am I my brother's keeper? It kind of seems like he's saying that we should be right here. You know, I, I quote Matthew Henry sometimes, well, maybe a lot of times, but what a, what a great guy he was. But, but you know, he's, he's from 1662 to 1714. He didn't live that long, really, 52 Let's see, I did the math. I think it's 52 years. 
So I've already lived 15 years longer than Matthew Henry. But if you, if you look how fat the commentary that he wrote, it's like this fat, you know. And, but anyways, this is something he said. We must watch over one another faithfully yet prudently, reprove each other, set a good example to all about us, do all we can to rescue others out of the snare of the devil. We are not only under God our own keepers, but as much as in him or in us lies our brother's keeper. Yes, we need to watch ourselves, but we need to watch one another too. That's, that's part of loving one another, isn't it? Well, I don't really care that that one over there is, you know, they're, they're in some trouble. Things are going on, but, you know, I, I'm really just kind of too busy with myself, so I really can't do anything. But that's not what Jude says. He says, be merciful. He says to others, you need to grab and watch out for. But I think one of the things that comes out of this passage is that not everybody is the same, Right? We all have different personalities, different temperaments. You and I are, are all very different, thank God. If we were all like the same, that would be like programmed robots with some kind of AI, right? You all know, know what that is. That's big now. It's like, you better watch out. It's like, that's the next thing here. Artificial intelligence, and some of us are artificially intelligent, I have to agree. <laughs> but, but we're all so very different. Every, every one of you, I look around and see your faces, you're all so different. And some of you, you know, Pastor Chuck said this, and listen, I'm quoting here, okay? I want you to understand, I'm quoting. You'll know why I say that. Pastor Chuck said, people are different. People are of different temperaments. Some, you've got to scare the hell out of them. Others are drawn by love. Some with compassion making a difference, others by fear pulling them out of the fire. People are different, and the way we take care of each other has got to, we have to take into account who is that person. If you, you know, have, have been involved with children, you know, you know we had four children, we, I guess we still do. Um, and each one of them was very different. You couldn't, I couldn't treat them all the same, you know. He says here to be merciful to those who doubt. It's kind of, you know, it's a person who does. This word literally means to be at odds with themselves. It's kind of like, you know, you're, you, know you kind of like split apart within yourself. You've got this doubt. You're, you're fighting against yourself. And so he says that kind of a person, he says you need to be compassion. Show compassion. Be merciful to those who doubt. Maybe because of the false teaching that was going on, they, you know, they just got confused. You know, through the years, we, you know, I've seen uh, you know, all kinds of different things. I've seen people, and, and, and I'm not trying to encourage this by any means, but I've seen people who were so doubtful whether they were actually saved. And they thought, you know, that you know, I don't know if I am. I just don't know if I belong to him. And they're worried about it so much. And, and you can't just go and slam them with that. It's a serious thing that they have. And I've seen it more than once. But he says, be merciful and, and show compassion. 
The word means to help those that are afflicted or those that are seeking aid. To help them. To try to bring some kind of clarity to the issues that they're facing, the doubts that they have, the things that are kind of tearing them and, and splitting them apart. And, and, you know, it's not just the pastor that does that, by the way. It's all of us. Jude isn't just talking to pastors, right? He's talking to all of us. We need to care for one another. And you, and, and, and you might be talking to someone, because I can't talk to everybody. I would like to. I would like to, every Sunday to talk to each one of you for seven minutes. You know how long that would take? Okay, how about seven seconds? That would still, I don't even have enough time. But I get to talk to, you know, uh, some of you, and, and, I, and I find, and I hear different things that are going on in your life. Some of them are really good. Others are really hard, really bad, and, and you're kind of struggling through these things. The point of that is that we all need to help one another through that. And maybe some of you need to show a little compassion, a little caring too. And part of that is listening, Right? You can't show any compassion if you don't listen. And, and, and some people, let me be honest, not here, but some people are hard to listen to because they just talk for, and they talk and they talk. So you, you have to be able to be patient. And then when, the, when they take a breath, jump in. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, ha- you have to learn how to do that. But, but he says to be merciful and to help them. I, I want to, I I've talked about this before, this whole deconstructionism, and it's, a, it's kind of a, you know, buzzword, and, 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 it, and it has a lot of meanings, and I can't do it justice in, you know, the minute or two that I might talk about it. But, but it, it really is kind of going back, and, you know, they go, the, the idea is to go and, and to take apart what, you know, you believe and to dismantle it and deconstruct it. But let me just say that the, the roots of that go to, uh, and I studied, I read about this yesterday and, and listened to a number of things and, and read a bunch of things about it. It, it kind of goes back to this French philosopher and, and his first, get this, and, and, and just so you understand, his first thing about this was that there is no absolute truth. And so you need to just go tear it all apart because none of it, there's nothing that's absolute. He, he wouldn't even, you know, say anything about what he believed because there's nothing absolute. So, so that's the foundation of this whole kind of deconstruction idea. The other was, the other, there was two main points about it. The other was, you, you know, you shouldn't listen to any kind of authority. So this is where it all goes. And so you, you wonder why uh, this whole deconstructionism thing, they... In a lot of cases, it ends up being deconversion now, they call it. Ex-evangelicals, where they've kind of just left their faith. They went through this process of tearing it all apart, and they ended up with nothing. Or they ended up being like a progressive, this whole progressive Christian movement, where, you know, it's kind of like all depends on how you feel at the moment. It It all depends on what, you know, the humanistic viewpoint is in a situation. I say all that because, because what they do is they, they pull in somebody that might have some kinds of doubts and they, they kind of pray, they take advantage of the vulnerable people. Sad to say, though, 
you, if you're paying attention at all, you know, you, you see people who are, you know, famous celebrities, like musical, uh, you know, artists, and some uh, famous pastor-type persons who, you know, have gone this direction. And now, because of social media, they can just tell everybody about their nonsense, really, is what it is. I watched this uh, podcast, and uh, it was with a gal by the name of Alyssa Childers. And I didn't realize this, because I've heard and read some of her stuff, but she is actually Chuck Gerard's daughter. And Chuck Gerard, as you, many of you saw the Jesus Revolution movie recently, Chuck Gerard was part of Love Song, the, the band that was the first band that they played with. So she was actually his, his daughter, and she did this interview with Jeremy Camp and his wife, and, and also uh, the guy from Skillet and his wife. Some of you like radical rock and roll. And, and basically what came out of it for me is, you know, they, they had all kind of faced different uh, doubts and different times in their lives. Jeremy Camp, his wife, you know, his first wife, he, she died from cancer. And it was like this crisis of faith. You know, what are you going to do now? How are you going to handle this? And that's when he wrote that song, I Still Believe. But, but we go through these times and where are you going to go? And what stood out to me the most? And, and, and uh, Chuck Gerard's daughter, Alyssa, she talked about being at a church where the pastor took them through this deconstruction. And she finally said, we got to get out of here because this is like, this is going to destroy us. And that's what the enemy wants to do. It's really from, from the enemy. But what stood out to me in listening to these five people talk, what made the difference is their relationship to the scriptures, to the word of God. That's what made the difference. They, they went back to the word. They didn't just go to, well, what, what do you feel about it? What do you think about it? What does the world think? What, are, you know, what does, you know, so-and-so Bell think about it? What does, you know, this guy or this famous music, musician think about it? No, they went back to the scripture, and that's what's going to get us through these doubts. That's what's going to help someone that you and I would want to help, is, is helping them with knowing what the Bible says. Not what, what man says, because we believe the Bible is inspired by God. It's God's word, and that's what we gotta, got to get back to. That's so important to me. I, ha I had a quote. I, di I, didn't, uh, I didn't bring it out from Warren Wiersbe. He said, he said the, the, the strongest Christians that he had met all through his life were those that were uh, dedicated and, and the Bible was a part of their lives. The scripture, the holy Bible, the word of God. So important, so important. And I know how easy it is. You know, you want to read and, and you're reading and then you think, well, I got to look what Google says over here. And then you could be over there for, you know, and you have to fight that. You have to say, no, I, 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 need, I need to hear what God says what God's word says. That's how we're going to help one another. My wisdom is like useless. I can't help you with my wisdom. I can't help you with, you know, sociology or psychology and all those things are good in their own way. But, but to truly help someone, it's through what God's word says. That's what's going to make the difference. So, point one, those that are doubting, those are in that 
uh, category. The second one, verse 23, others, he says, snatch others from the fire. Snatch others from the fire. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of radical, isn't it? One, he's saying you've got to be merciful and nice and compassionate. And, and, that, and, and truthfully, that's the way I want to be. I'd like to be just the real nice and, you know, only say nice things and want everybody to like you and, and, and that. I, isn't that the preferable way? Isn't that the way you'd prefer to be? But Jude says there are certain times where you need to, like, grab them. And like Chuck, like I quoted it. Did you catch that, by the way? Yes. Why I said it was a quote. <laughs> Snatch, this word, this word means to pull them, to seize them, to carry them off, to snatch out or away. And it's, it's the same word that's used in 1 Thessalonians 4 about the rapture, being snatched out, caught away. He says this is what we need to do with others. When, when others, you see what's going on there, you, you might need to be a little bit more drastic, a little bit more you know, drastic action. You think about in Genesis 19 when, when Lot and his family, they were in Sodom and, and, and Gomorrah, and, and, and God was going to destroy Sodom. And, and, and how did they get out? They, they were hemming and hawing, right? And it says that the angels, they took Lot by the hand and they pulled him out of Sodom. Sometimes we, we need to take drastic uh, action and, and some kind of, we call it an intervention. Why? Why? Uh, Jude says here to save them, to rescue them, to, to rescue them from danger, from destruction. A radical example is Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And, and uh, there was a man who, who was, you know, committing immorality in the church. And it was like, they were like proud about what was going on. And he said, no, you, this isn't, you can't do this. And he said, this is his words, Paul said, hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. So he said, you, you can't just keep doing that. You have to hand him over to Satan. And that's like radical. Like, you know, to, to, to think, even to think about that. Why? So he'd be rescued. So that he would be, his spirit would be saved. You can't just put up with that. You can't just say that's okay. And sometimes you've, you know, you have to take drastic action. You think about what Jesus said, you know, in, in the Gospels. He said in, in Mark chapter 9, he, he, he's talking about those who would, you know, be false teachers. He said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble... It would be better for him if a millstone were tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. But then he goes on to say this, if your hand causes you to sin, what, what should you do? Cut it off. Now, he wasn't saying literally cut it off, but, but the point of it is to take drastic measures. He says it's better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. He talks about your hand. He talks about your foot. And then he talks about your eye. And he says, he says all three things. So you could kind of make, you know, 
your, your foot, you know, what are you doing in your life? Your feet, where are you going? And your eyes, what are you looking at? What are you seeing? And I, and I, and I really believe we need to be paying attention to this. Keeping ourselves, yes, but also watching out for others. Sometimes, sometimes we're keeping a better eye out for other people than we are for ourselves. And, and Jesus said, you know, you want to help someone else and, you know, you're going to whack them over. You know, they've got a splinter. He says, take the, you know, the timber out of your own eye first and, and, and take care of yourself. You and I, we better be paying attention if we're followers of Christ. You're not going to keep yourself in the love of God living in the world. It's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. And I really, you know, what are you, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going and what are you seeing? I think, you know, I can't just pass over this thing about the eye uh, because of, you know, social media, because of the internet now and the, and the, the traps and the deadly influences. And I think, you know, we all have to, men and women, we, we better be careful I have to be so careful, and, and all of a sudden something will pop up, and you, what are you going to do? Are you going to you going to look at it, or you're going to you're going to you know close it, go somewhere else? What kind of drastic action can you take? Do you have any kind of protection on your in your computer? Of course, a lot of these things get past protection, and I have and I have protection. But I've had to talk to some people say, you know what, you can't even have. A smartphone because you can't handle it you can't have a computer because you can't handle it and sometimes that's the way it is and say somebody will say well why don't you have a smartphone because I don't need one I it's not good for me so I don't have one I have a flip phone and I love my flip phone I used to have one I love it drastic action for ourselves and for other people sometimes we need to we need to watch out and say listen man what you're doing you're in, you're, in, you're in deep water here. What you're doing, you, you better watch out. You're about to, you know, like we read in Genesis there, he says, you know, this sin is, it, it's, it's, one, it's right there, crouching at the door. It longs to take you, and, and you better watch out. And did, did Cain watch out? No. And it grabbed a hold of him, and he committed murder, and it affected his life, the family, forever. Serious stuff. Paul said, watch your life and your doctrine. It's interesting. Watch your life and your doctrine, the teaching, closely. He said, persevere in them. Not just your life, but also, again, it gets back to the Scripture, the Word of God. He said, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers and those around you. Persevere in them. Watch. It's serious. We see in these verses here, he says, show mercy mixed with fear. And you can look at the fear in a number of different ways, but, but I think what kind of came out as I, as I studied this and read what people had to write, it's, it's show mercy, but, but be fearful, lest, uh, one commentator said, lest the infection spread to you. That's very serious. You know, we, we want to help people, but sometimes we need to let someone else do it. 
or you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get sucked in. If it's, if it's already a weakness that you have, you should not be helping that person. Get someone else. Find someone else to do it. Warren Wiersbe says to do it with caution. He said, in trying to help those who have erred, we must be careful not to be trapped ourselves. Many a would-be rescuer has been drowned himself. I think that's true. He says here that we're, that we're to hate even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. And he, he kind of brings out this battle, the, the spiritual battle. You know, there, there certainly is a battle between the spirit and the flesh. And it comes out over and over again in the scripture. And, and again, knowing what the Bible says, how do you deal with it? This flesh, the battle of the flesh and the spirit is a very, very real battle. And, and we need to help one another, one another through these kinds of battles. Galatians, Paul says, chapter 5, he says, The flesh wars or lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and they are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. There is a battle taking place. And maybe, maybe you know, you need to ask for help. Maybe someone needs to help you. Jesus said to his disciples, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Why? What did he say after that? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We've got this battle going on inside ourselves. It's not enough just that the battle's out there. The battle is right here. It's, it's, it, that hits home, right? Doesn't it? There's a battle. And sometimes it's worse than other times. And, and, but maybe, you know, if we are watching our, ourselves and we're watching others, we might need to help someone else. We might need someone else to help us in this battle that we're, that we're going through. We are our brother's keepers. I was thinking about those three things uh, from the earlier verses. He said, building yourselves up praying in the Holy Spirit and, and looking and watching for the mercy of the Lord Jesus. Well, we need to build one another up too, and that's, that's in the Bible. We need to pray for one another too, that's in the Bible. And, and we need to look and watch one another too. That's what he's talking about here in Jude. Two more verses I want to, before I close here. Galatians chapter 6 Paul says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We've got to carry each other's burdens. But watch out, be careful. The New King James Version Study Bible says this, Some will require tender care and others we may need to use drastic action to rescue them from the temptations of sin always the need to use wisdom and caution to pre prevent getting caught up in the sin that caused them to fall so so there's wisdom you know we we talking to hear about these two those that are doubting those that are maybe uh you know you need to be merciful and those you need to be stronger with. We need wisdom to know which is which, right? And, and, and James says, if you pray for wisdom, what? God will give it to you. God will give you the wisdom. 
And so we always need to be praying. Now, let's close with the uh, passage in James. So let's, let's back just a little bit. James, Peter, John, and Jude. So we're in Jude. So go back past 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, past 1st and 2nd Peter, and then you'll be at James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Can anybody tell me what category the book of James is? Some kind of epistle. What kind of epistle is it? General epistles. James chapter 5, verse 19. These are the last verses in the book of James. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to study the book of James coming up in the future. Uh, I have a few other things I want to do first, but, but James, he finishes his letter, and James kind of hard hitting. He says, As my brother, if, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That sounds kind of drastic, doesn't it? But mostly it sounds about someone who's watching out for someone else. That's what you and I need to do. Let's not be so consumed with ourselves. It's just going to get us in trouble. Am I my brother's keeper? It's not just me, not, not just the pastor. It's every one of us. Yes, you are. And we need to watch out for one another, care for one another. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we just quiet our hearts now before you and your word. And, and uh, a lot in there, a lot of different thoughts, a lot of different ideas. And maybe one of them uh, was for each one of us. Maybe there was an idea or thought, maybe a, a, a verse that... They kind of hit home, and I prayed, Lord, that you would uh, show us how to put that into action and make it a reality in our lives. Help us to, to have eyes to see, to see one another, to, to see maybe when the other is struggling and, not, and, and to have discernment, like how, how can I help? How can I care for this person, that person? And even in that, Lord, our, our flesh is weak and, and uh, we're willing, but we're kind of lazy too. We're kind of self-centered. Help us to get out of that. And, and I know, and, I, and, I, and I've seen it in my own life, that when I have been willing to help and serve, and that I get blessed. So, Lord, I pray you'd give us that wisdom, the discernment, understanding. We're, we're, uh, we're not really capable without your help. Holy Spirit, work within us. Lord, I thank you as we prepare for Palm Sunday and Easter. Lord, as, as even uh, people around us... Uh, kind of think about that, that they never do during the year. And I pray that we would also 
Think again that Jesus, you came. The word became flesh, dwelt among us. You came and showed us your glory. You came and showed us your truth. And you came and you died for our sins. And you rose from the dead, conquering death. And in all of that, as we trust in you, that you did it for me, that you did it for us, and we trust in you and believe in you, Lord, we'll have eternal life. Pray for any maybe that are still haven't made that decision. Maybe it's you. Maybe you need to open your heart right now and say, Jesus, please, I believe in you. I believe you did die on that cross 2,000 years ago. I believe you did rise from the dead. And I, and I ask you to come into my heart and to be my Savior, be my Lord today. And the Bible declares that he will. To all those who believed in his name, who received him, to them he gave the right, the power to become children of God. Father, help us in our daily lives to be people of the word, people of the book, and, and that we would find strength and your word would light our path. Give us the counsel that we need each and every day. Lord, bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?